you have reached a phone call from Paul. A Literary Hub podcast. To hear more, visit lithub.com. Part 1 of Paul Holden Graber's Conversation with Tracy K. Smith. Hello, is this Tracy K. Smith? It is. Tracy, what a pleasure to talk to you. Paul, how are you? Nice to hear your voice. I'm, I'm definitely alive and so happy to, to hear your voice. What am I interrupting? Uh, not much. I'm sitting in my office. I am taking care of a few things before my daughter and I go to Australia. To on a, Sunday, and to most of those things are taken care of. So. To Australia? <laughs> yeah. What? She is six and a half, and um, I'm going to Melbourne and Brisbane for writers' festivals, and she's coming with me. Has she done that before? No, this is the first time that we've done a work trip together. Um, I'm excited. I think it'll be... it'll be fun, and I feel a little bit nervous, too, keeping her happy, and also... I wonder what she's going to make of, you know, me reading. But I think it'll be really good. You know, I've done that a few times myself. And I must say, I think it's important for children to know what, why we are away when we're away and what we're doing. And I always wonder, you know, what, what my children make of all of this. Um, I, I know that each one of them has expressed the desire that when they grow older and more passionate about their passions, I interview them. Oh, wow. I love that. Isn't that sort of a, a funny idea? Yeah, and do they have the desire to interview other people? Do they interview their friends? I don't know if they do that, but what an interesting question. My older boy is particularly interested in magic and now in bodybuilding. And my younger boy has passions all over the place, but would love, I think both of them would love to take the stage at some point. And they've seen me, you know, they've seen me do it, uh, of course, both in New York at the library and, and also elsewhere in Jamaica and in, and in, in Sun Valley and in other places. So I, I think it's really very wise that you're, you're, you're taking your daughter along. I'm excited about it. I um, Maybe you can give me advice. I have a little bit of, um, I guess, just curiosity. You know, I feel that I'm going to be two, playing two roles um, or two versions of myself when I'm away, right? The version, the public version that is thinking about language and talking about the work and what it's coming from and connecting to. And then the, the mom, the side of me that my daughter knows very well, and they'll be bumping up against each other. She's going to be right there in the audience while I'm, I'm talking about the work. Um, I, I just wonder what that's going to feel like. Was that ever strange for you? Well, you know, who knows? Who knows? And who knows if the feeling, um, the feeling your daughter will have at that moment will be the feeling she has 10 years later. But I think it's 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 beautiful that she she knows there is her mother and there she is on stage and there she is reading, you know, and probably reading very beautifully and reading what she writes and what in some way takes you away from her from time to time. And this is the reason you do it. 
And this is a love that you're giving everyone else by the words you choose to read to this public. I think it's, you know, I think it's grand. And I think we're fortunate, Tracy, that we can do something that is, in a sense, visible. I always wonder, I've been talking more and more about this, um, just thinking of this is the thing that takes me away from her and her brother sometimes. I think about the difference between the person that you become when you're writing. And in my mind, it's it's kind of like my best self. It's the patient, rigorous self that is willing to be vulnerable, to take risks, and to try and, um, especially if I'm thinking in terms of poetry, to try and get to a place that feels almost um, impossible, you know, like philosophical and something that has to do with the best parts of us as as humans. And I know the person that I am when I come out of the room. (laughs) Bits of that self linger, but they get mixed in with the mom who says, we're late, we've got to go, and the the person who sometimes is impatient. And it's a really strange dichotomy, you know. I, um, I think I can't be the best realistic version of myself if I don't have the opportunity to go into that room and strive for this other plane. Um, But it's hard to live there. Sometimes I wish, I feel like I'd be a better parent if I could be as patient and um, resourceful um, playing on the floor as I can be sitting at my desk trying to figure out how to write a sentence. I I, I think that tension um, must must exist for many people in many different spheres of, you know, activity. And I think in yours, it's particularly poignant because writing demands this form of attention and solitude. And then, and then you come home. I mean, even if you are at home. And, you know, I, 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 I mean, we're, we're both speaking quite autobiographically here. I I have this feeling at times as well, more than at times, quite often. I'm on stage with, you know, hundreds of people listening on what seems like an intimate conversation. I say it seems because it's just an hour, and what does any of that mean? But it means something, and something happens, one hopes. And then I go home... And then the door opens, and it's a completely different world. Right. And it's a world where I am, I'm, I have to switch gears. And I think it's very complicated, this switching of gears. I guess I have to stop using the terminology of guilt. Like, I am, you know, surrendering something, and I'm going back into this real kind of on-the-ground version of myself. In reality, I think it's such a beautiful thing, and maybe even going back to my daughter coming with me on this trip to demonstrate there are so many rooms within a self, you know, so many yes. versions yes. Of, of, our, of our real selves. I remember speaking once with David Lynch, and I asked him, where do ideas come from? And he spoke about the other room, in which bits and pieces are alive and waiting to come together. And we need to go in that other room where they are. 
There is that, you know, there's a room of one's own, and then there are all the other rooms as well. But, you know, I think it's... I, I'll be very curious to hear how this trip goes. I I somehow intuitively imagine that it's going to be splendid and that, quite frankly, if I may say so, you don't really need to entertain her. What do you mean? I don't think you need to... You know, you were worried that you're going to keep your daughter entertained in some way when you're not on stage. I think it will be so full... I mean, the experience, I mean, imagine, you're going so far, the world will be so different and so new and such a long journey by plane. It's so exciting. Can I come? Oh, please, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just wonderful. I'm, I'm now living, Tracy, completely vicariously. I wonder if this tension you're talking about um, between being a, a parent and being a poet and a writer is a tension that existed with your own family. By that, I mean your mother and father. Oh, God, you know, I wish I, I, wish I had um, asked them that. Um, I feel sometimes like my mother and my father, you know, talking about, if we talk about different rooms, I feel like there's a room in myself that's my dad and another that's my mom. And um, my father being the one who left, traveled for work, took care of us, and my mother being the one who um, stayed and and provided that patience and um, the, the kind of quiet energy that allowed us to be ourselves. Um, I find it so much easier when I'm really being honest to be my dad. I, I, I feel like... Um, say, say more about that. It, it's so fascinating. Also, the way you, you, you preface that comment, um, which nearly, nearly feels taboo, but I think is, is so beautifully phrased when, I, when I'm really honest with myself. back up and think about it in a lot of ways, like having been somebody who thought it was her job to um, excel, right? Like, I've got to get into these schools, and then I want to be a writer, and I, I all, this, this business of, um, of learning and growing, and it, it feels um, structured, and it feels very much in line with the kind of, you know, career that I saw my father as having. Um, and the self that says, okay, none of that matters for, for a while and achievement and, and, and discipline and, um, you know, picking up and starting over on the next project so that I can keep growing. That doesn't matter for the next, you know, eight hours. It's sometimes really hard for me to let go of that. It's sometimes hard for me to say, um, we're just going to play with blocks and we're just going to um, laugh and we're going to be late to things and we're not to worry about decorum and what other people think. It's really hard for me to... Have you tried? (laughs) I do try. (laughs) I could probably try a lot harder. In fact, one of the things that excites me about this trip, although there's a component of it that has to do with being that other professional self, is I'm going to be in hotel rooms and airplanes with my daughter and maybe we can just be kids together. Um, Do you remember what that felt like for you? I just 
remember a feeling of extreme freedom and also privacy. It's so funny, but privacy is, is one of the main things I remember from my childhood. I know I was always accompanied, um, but sometimes that company took the form of somebody who was um, just being with me as opposed to engaging me. Um, I don't know, maybe because I, I, I became a parent in um, Brooklyn <laughs> during a period when it seemed like everybody was, um, you know, trying to become a superstar parent. Um, yes, it's it's such a... Judgment such a, and observation and, oh, are you not aware of these, you know, milestones that your child should be reaching? All the anxiety of that, which really has to do with feeling observed as opposed to being willing to just be. I do wonder what, what um, the generation we're bringing up in the world, you and I, uh, my, my children are a bit older, but it's the same generation just about, what they will turn out to be like with having had so much care and um, in, a, in a sense being so coddled. My, my father, shortly before dying, said, you know, don't coddle them too much. Don't protect them too much. And this coming from, from a generation that, you know, lived through terrible, terrible historical moments. But, but we, we're, we're so, so prone to, to the anxiety of schools. I mean, you were talking about Brooklyn. I mean, it's very hard to have a dinner party where you, where you don't talk about either where your children are going to school or real estate. And this among, you know, incredibly intelligent people and very well-educated, which leads me to change the subject completely with you and, and, and speak about that privacy and wonder if that privacy, Tracy, has something to do um, with, with the, the pleasures of, of reading at a young age. Oh, definitely. I think it's, it's common for a lot of, of writers that sense that, oh, I had time to be by myself and think and read and then eventually take those first steps in, in language, you know, of my own. Um, but that feeling of being accompanied is really what you feel when you sort of uh, surrender to a new book, you know, or a new poem, that there's someone who is um, this companionable guide who is with you as you experience, you know, something that that they've lived as well um maybe maybe those are the feelings that um predispose us to realizing that language is more than just you know transmitting ideas but it's creating a sense of possibility or a sense of of um i don't even know of what but a, a way to listen a way to listen that's so beautiful that 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 reading by by learning how to read and immerse yourself in the private experience of reading you learn how to listen oh now you're i feel like i feel like you're you're serving as a helpful counselor for me in this phone call paul because <laughs> i've just made a realization so if we talk about the anxiety of you know overdrive parenting and especially in places like new york city um it sounds like so much of it really has to do with ego, right? What school is your child going to has to do with, you know, what you're able to make happen for them, and really it's a reflection of you. You know, in your 
in the smallest part of the self, right? I know it means a lot of other things, um, but those conversations about real estate and, and schools um, often come down to what the ego needs to believe about itself. Um, and then we think about what happens when we when we listen in a way that we do as readers and something egoless happens, right? You, you realize that the truth and the story that you live is secondary, at least for a few hours, to this other thing that feels real, even if it's not. Um, I wonder if the best thing that we can do as parents is really submit to our children in the way that we submit to the books that we love, right? Just allow ourselves to be led um, and to and to to hear and receive something that we couldn't have come up with on our own. To be, um, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm being again that helpful counselor, but in a, in a way it has something to do with a level of um, immersion and attention. Um, you know, there's a wonderful line by, by the psychoanalyst Donald Win Winnicott, um, who wrote in a piece called The Contribution of Mothers to Society. He said that the goal is for the child to be alone in the presence of the mother. And that, to me, Tracy, always felt like the best possible definition of reading. Yeah, that's really to, wonderful. Isn't it? To be alone and nurtured. Um, in, in a way, you, you're alone and you're together. Or it, or it reminds me of what Roland Barthes once said about really loving someone, is to, to be next to them and to think about something else. You know, not really needing the exorbitant uh, presence of other people. I mean, other people are so cumbersome. And in a way, you want to be left alone, but not left alone so that you're just lonely. Right. Oh, I love that. And sometimes we ourselves are the other people. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know, I I want to come back to your to your mother and father... Uh, because you write about them so beautifully um, in in your memoir, which I which I I know you know I love, uh, co entitled "Ordinary Light," and I wonder if, while writing it, you discovered something new about your parents you didn't know. I think I definitely did. Now, whether what I discovered is something that fact can corroborate is, is another thing. Of course. But um, I really was trying, you know, one of the goals I had was I want to recreate these people for my children because they won't ever know them. Right. Um, but there were so many questions that I had, so many gaps in my knowledge. You know, there were lots of things that I remembered very vividly, but when I was really trying to answer some of the questions I had about why they were the people they were, all I could do was um, empathize, you know, especially with my mother. I, I, I had this huge curiosity as to why faith was so important to her. Because she was a deep believer. Yes, and, you know, God was a... a presence in her life and our lives because she she instilled that and um i feel like what helped me to 
come to understand a little bit more about her was thinking about my own um, feelings being a parent, this feeling of, you know, being utterly beholden to this young being who means more to you than you mean, and also feeling so helpless, you know, like the world is so big, how can I possibly protect this person from everything? And I can imagine that God became a kind of help for her, you know. I I felt when my daughter was born that God became realer. You know, I I found, found myself praying in ways that I hadn't prayed for years when I was trying to just say, help me, help me to do what I need to do for this for this person that I love. Um, I think there were a lot of things that I was made to discover about my parents that also helped me kind of figure out some things about what I was worried about and what I what I believed in or what I doubted or feared as a as an individual. Um, that exercise felt really productive. Um, I wonder if if what I created was my parents or a version of myself, and it's probably... Um, a mixture. <laughs> yeah.